on last week's Irrevelations. When you have a divorcee bringing kids from multiple marriages, just gonna go down. Am I a dog's head on Judah's side? I just imagine, like, Abner being like, what the f***? I keep you alive, you idiot! No, this dude's definitely works. You take that back. Abner's like, hey man, would you like it if instead of this civil war that is killing our people, I just handed you Israel? And uh, David's like, I need you to sweeten the pot. Yeah, so basically Joab stabbing Abner in the belly in a secret uh, private room is the reason we have the Special Olympics today. It's all this Jew-on-Jew crime that's breaking up our f***ing communities, and we really need to unite against our real oppressors. So David cut off their hands and feet and hung their bodies by a pool in Hebron. So that's cool. Imagine you're a kid. You're going to hang out at the pool. <laughs> there's a grease of watermelon. There's the people playing Marco Polo. There's a f***ing decapitated head. There's two bodies with no hands or, or arms or yeah, legs Someone's or barbecuing the hands. You know, it's a fun time. Before we turn to the world... I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed. I don't feel good about myself. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. And pray this simple prayer, Lord, speak to me. <sighs> I feel like it's been a long time since we recorded, but that's not true at all. It's just, like, it's just it's like been a week. week. It's, it's probably because we waited till the last possible second to record. Uh, folks, is what... this is going to be probably the closest to live podcasting we're going to ever do. <laughs> I mean, this is day of. I used to be worried about that, but we're so good at it now. Like, we we're are. Just such a, we, we, we are the South Park of reading the shitty fucking Bible. You know, we just, and I mean, no one's ever given us feedback that it sucked whenever we do this. So Yeah, I've never heard. I would I would love it if like someone messaged me like, yes, last week's episode wasn't the greatest, but you know what? It's still good. But instead, it's just the void. Probably the people void. can't tell the difference. We know you're listening. Maybe maybe the people that listen to us don't even speak English. They're just using us to familiarize. <laughs> maybe they're like all ISIS fighters learning Amer- English. Oh, that would over. make me so happy. I uh, I don't know. This is definitely not a compliment, but uh, my lady was like, oh, yeah, let's put on the podcast. I was like, oh, you want to learn about the Bible? She's like, no, just your voices put me right to fuck to sleep. <laughs> and I was like, Fair is right. fair. We do have Hey, deeps. it's a service, yeah. right? We do have deep, sultry voices. So I wonder if someone's just like, like, oh, yeah. I, I want to be like the Leno to people. Like, people are just like, let's put this on the background while we fuck. You know? Ooh. I don't know anyone does that with Leno. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, it's possible. Yeah. You just you just put it on the background. Time to fucking hit Pound Town while he talks about, I don't know, top ten favorite destinations for a pencil. I don't know. I don't know. Anything to, to distract the girl from the fact that she's having sex with me. Yeah. Just put it yeah. on the background. <laughs> I like to be playing a game of Connect Four, you know, like an old plastic little. <laughs> like, it's your move, bitch. <laughs> I just watch TikTok videos the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I've never had uh, I've never had the uh, premature ejaculation problem, so I never understood the guys that were like, just think about baseball, just think about like grandma's varicose veins or some shit, you know? Like, I mean, I'm not okay here. Not to <laughs> 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 whatever the fuck this is that's coming. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not about is. that's not a premature ejaculation thing. That's when you've been going for a while, okay, and you know that she's about there, right? Because uh-huh. let's face it, they're the temperamental ones. Yeah. You know, I could pretty much, if you're like, all right, you have 10 seconds, you got to blast. I'm going to be able to probably <laughs> if, I focus, if I really focus. Okay. All right, so great. the point is that like, and I never think about baseball. I never have to do that necessarily. But, Fantastic. you know, you're like getting there. Right. And you you just want to hold over just a little bit longer than you planned on, maybe. Okay. Slow yourself down because you want to tie, you know. Okay. That's all. That's It's not about premature. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, about, it's about hitting your mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hit your mark. Synchron- hit your mark. Say your lines. That's acting. It's like if you're the fastest swimmer in a synchronized swimming team. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're good. You're a great swimmer, right? Yeah. Just but you just gotta think slow about down baseball. A little bit. <laughs> Let everyone else catch up with you. Put some fucking baseball stats on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher, here I come. <laughs> great. Um, yeah. So that. Uh, well, that's the app. I guess. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Revelations podcast. Do we have? We don't have really have to talk about. I thought we there was something you episode. wanted to talk about. I can't remember. It's just All minor. Right. It's a minor part of my life, but um, we're, we're I'm at a crossroads in my life where um, my uh, fiance's sister. Ooh. I know. Uh, just had a kid, right? And oh, uh, one, it's it's working up all this bullshit. She's like, oh yeah, like she walked in all fucking jazzed. That, like, oh, yeah, my sister's got this new app where it only shares photos of the baby. You have to, like, log in and you can't download it, blah, blah. I was like, who the fuck? She's like, yeah, so people can't, like, share your photos without your permission. I was like, what the fuck? Does, well, that it, way they just can't take all the photos and put them on, like, a dark website for bidding to begin. Yeah, yes. You know, it's funny because I, I, I was like, who the fuck cares? Like, it's all that fucking relationship advice, just no mill, narcissist bullshit that you read on Reddit all day long that you think everyone's, like – out to fucking get you and slight you and all this bullshit. But one of the things she said was like, like she was trying to defend it. And one of the things she says like, well, yeah, but you know, there's been a rash of baby thefts in the neighborhood. Then her sister's neighborhood, I guess just in general, I guess just oh. rash of baby thefts by now. the neighborhood. She means the earth, the earth by the planet, <laughs> the general area. It is technically our earth. neighborhood. But okay. the thing that she said, I was like trying to wrap my mind around it was she was like, yeah, because some people, they'll see a cute baby on Facebook, and they'll be like, that's the one. Time to steal that shit. <laughs> like, and there was it, a th- yeah, that's creepy. Okay. It just seems so fucking absurd. I was like, no way could that be true. No way is some fucking baby napper just, like, scrolling through Facebook looking for cute baby pics. And I, was like, I don't know, man. That's a cute one. Fucking- I read a horror story once online. Not it was online, so who the fuck knows? But it was mm-hmm. about some guy who was at the grocery store with his kid in, like, a little carrier. Okay. And he was waiting outside with the baby while the wife went inside mm-hmm. to shop. And mm-hmm. some crazy ass woman, one of these people that the baby nappers, right, right, comes up and just grabs the kid and starts walking off like it's her kid. And they're not <laughs> running. Right. He starts running after the, the woman. Everyone thinks that he's a crazy guy and starts beating the shit out of him. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, like, that, like, I don't have kids, but that sounds like the fucking nightmare. That sounds scary as shit. I, um, yeah. The one I saw was the. Uh, the Vegas stabbing. Did you see this one? This uh-uh. um, this super obese, fat old lady is just walking down the street 
there's a uh, couple walking with their children, and the old lady just walks up and just starts stabbing like this little kid in the neck with a knife. What? And oh, then, I did see that. And like yeah, stabbing the stomach and shit. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and I just the like, kid was it, fine, right? I think. No, he got a little bit disfigured from it, but fine. Oh, like live. That's whatever. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all we all we all have scars. That's character, actually. Yeah. No that's, that's some handsomeness. Like, what happened yeah. to you? Old lady stabbed me. Like, whoa, fucking undress. Yeah. I mean, so that you're, happened to our buddy. You're basically a yeah. war vet. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Uh, cool. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't think I'd ever well, steal a you don't baby. Let any, don't let anything like that happen to your little niece or nephew or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not that, I'm not that particularly invested. But, uh, but as I mean, always... Okay, okay, okay. If you were with the kid for some reason alone, which hopefully, obviously, will never happen. But let's right. say you are. Someone comes to stab that baby. Oh, you I'm going to stop him? Oh, I'm going to shoot the shit out of them. I'm going to fucking... Yeah! <laughs> I'm going to George Zimmerman their ass. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know. I I, I I know that we get vilified, but I, I feel like I'm the textbook guy that's like, oh, I just hope that someone would do it so I can finally use all this guns I've spent all this money on and not feel weird about it, you know? Yeah, you're the reason that there needs to be gun control. You know, I'm just like, like, I see a guy like being like, hey, little girl, do you want some ice cream? And I'm just like, drop it. Drop it. You know, just gun right in a fucking temple. And he's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I, no, that's, no, that's definitely why. I think that's why most people advocate for gun control. Um, <laughs> and it's a compelling argument they make. <laughs> Listen, I am fucking highly paranoid. Good, good, good. Anyways, this isn't the gun control podcast. Uh, there is one out there, I'm sure. And if you're for sure. looking for that, go find it. Because we're the we're the Bible podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. You're listening to Irrevelations. I'm Grant DeVoist. And I'm Cole Deluski. And we're on episode 72. 72? Yeah, big number. Getting through um, it. We are reading the Bible for you today. Once again, we're in 2 Samuel, kicking off, what, chapter 6? Yeah. Yes, chapter 6. So, uh, what, a... should, we, should we catch the people up to speed real quick? Uh, so far in 2 Samuel, what most recently happened is that David took over. He's the fucking king now. Um, everyone of Saul's line is pretty much wiped out, besides a certain young crippled boy. And, uh, and Michael. Yeah, true. But How do you she's pronounce a that? woman. Is it so Michelle, Michael, Mikhail. it's M I Macau, M I C H A L, Mitchell. There you go, Mitchell. Fucking nailed it. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, we're we're continuing with David's reign. Uh, he has essentially ascended to the throne, and I, I I think he's just sort of like it's like that first month in office, the first ninety days of your. Um, tenure as king you gotta get you gotta get a lot done in the first 90 days to kind of establish like a probationary period yeah you gotta establish your legacy some people were like oh yeah let's fucking lock up some kids build a wall or whatever and some people are like oh i want to make healthcare cheaper whatever it's just a really important it's all the same yeah (laughs) (laughs) um um and it's funny though because saul kind of did that and saul kicked ass at it but god still hated him just a reminder just want to check back yeah, in yeah, on that. Yeah, make sure everyone's aware. Saul got a fucking God's a bum dick. out. Saul is still the best king. He's my king. Uh, when everyone else is in school saying the Pledge of Allegiance, I'm saying the Pledge of Saul. Damn right. Allegiance. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, so chapter six starts with, again, David gathering all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. Why is it always 30,000 homies? There's a lot. Uh, probably... I would love to have someone on the podcast that's one of those biblical numerologists that could tell us why. You know? <laughs> well, that's like, just uh, 
it, yeah. it's just another sign that the world ends September 17th. And you're like, oh, yeah, all right. Please. Please. That's just enough time, I think, for the coronavirus to get us, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. So David, as Cole mentioned, has put together all the able boys, all the, the fighting, strapping lads, uh, 30,000 of them, and is uh, going to go take care of a long, uh, I guess, long-forgotten little piece of uh israelite i don't know what religion what, what would you call this thing a relic well, yeah 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 so so uh david becomes king first step kill some philistines obviously you got to put that on your belt that's what the people love and now he's like you know what we need the ark of the covenant back right you guys forgot about that thing didn't you it's been fucking do not forget about the ark of the covenant and we'll yeah. come back to it. Uh, i love i love I, I love the ark of the covenant unironically i adore it every time it shows up i'm just like oh boy stay away from that fucking thing like it yeah. just I, I i feel like um and we'll get to it but i feel like and i mean we've talked about this but i feel like the ark of the covenant is like a decommissioned nuclear warhead in a apocalyptic yeah, world. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what we... I think my theory now even is that they crafted it out of some highly radioactive material. Because... They just didn't realize it. it, it it's like, it's like uh, yeah, the Children of the Atom or some shit, where the point is is that it's something that exists that's incredibly dangerous, but the people alive at this time, have no idea what the fuck to do with it and have no idea how to deal with it, and it's still very, very dangerous. Yeah, it's um, like a good relationship. It's feared and worshipped. Okay. Uh, that's, kind of, that's the kind of balance you want in a relationship. That's how I feel about so, feet pics. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so you may not remember, but it was in First Samuel that we last had it. I think uh, around chapter 6, it was right before Saul was anointed as king. Um, Samuel was sort of the leader at the time. Well, the, the Ark Philistines. Gets, the Ark I'm going. I'm getting okay, there. All right, all right. All the right. Philistines captured it in battle, and then it it was so evil to them, right? It fucked right. them up so bad that they sent it back. The cows walked back on their own, took the Ark all the way back to Israel. It fucked up one Israeli town, and so then they gave it to what? Uh, Benadab. Yeah, Benadab, who lived in Jer- Kiriath Jerim. Yeah, it's kind of the place. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting timeline because <clears throat> the ark getting taken marks the death of Eli. So it's yes. right it, – literally the ark getting taken is essentially when Eli dies, Samuel becomes sort of the head priest. So I don't even know – David's definitely not even born by the no. time that – Saul was a young man. Yeah, Saul That's... was a young man and um, the ark was taken and, and – so all the – so my point is is that – David's like, we got to get the Ark back. But David's never seen the Ark before. He's never witnessed it. Well, you know? it's been in Judah this whole time, which is where he was ruling. So ah, he might have seen it, I guess. It just isn't mentioned, I guess. Yeah. But it, th- that, that whole thing, the Ark of that Ark happened prior to David's birth even. Correct. So the Ark has been sitting in Judah, um, and it's now basically David's decided, hey, let's put it in the, the new capital, which is Jerusalem. Now, here's a question, Cole, mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Trivia, sort of. Okay. How long do you think the Ark has been in Judah? Like, total? Yeah. Since since it got back from the Philistines. Because wasn't it already in... Where was the original no, I mean, just, place? Just so, since it got back from the Philistines. So that story in 1 Samuel, how long do you think it's been in years? 80? According to the chapter in 1 Samuel that mentions it getting to Kirith-Jerim, 
it will remain there for 20 years. 20? <laughs> How could that fucking possibly be? How could that possibly know. be? That's uh, what it says in First Samuel 6, is that uh, it, it, once they got it back there, it was to remain there for 20 years. I guess maybe they shuffled it around or something for 20 know. years. It doesn't make any fucking sense, because we definitely stated that like Saul's reign was like 40 years, yep. and then David was king for 10 years prior to his point, so I, I don't know. So it's been at least like 50 years, yeah. Got it, um, whatever. So anyways, that's just a fun little... Bullshit. Curious thing. Maybe there is an. I'm sure some Bible scholar out there has an explanation, but I didn't see anything. I, I've been I've been reading this website. Uh, I stumbled on a website looking at Second Samuel, uh, just doing some yeah. research, and I ended up on this like um, school, like uh, that teaches people how to be priests or whatever. Ooh. Um, and I was reading about it, and, and, and the reason why I brought it up is it was I don't really experience a lot of like that sort of weird double think. Where they just they, they talk and talk and talk and the way they talk about the Bible, where they're like, we all know that God's truth and God's word perfectly complement one another. So if you think you can put one truth over another truth and that that contradiction disproves the Bible, well, that's just you're mistaken, un unknowledgeable about the word of God and how it come. I'm like, it's just they have a point. It's, all, <laughs> <laughs> it's your way. It, it, it's a big fancy long talk way of saying like, hey, yeah, yes, it doesn't make sense. But uh, it makes sense. You're like, oh, okay, all right, you got me. It's very cult-like. You're right. Um, yeah, like, it, it's fascinating. Like, so first, let's agree that everything the Bible says is true, and because yeah. we agree that, you can't be like, well, this truth is untrue. They're all true, even if they're not. Even if they're in yeah, direct just, com competition with each other, they're all true. Of course, I think alternative facts is what is what we call them now. So uh, let's carry on. David decides, hey, we have Israel unified now. The capital is it's the city of David, as it will become to be known, in Jerusalem. Let's get the Ark of the Covenant, you know, the actual presence of God on earth to the capital, obviously. Let's make it so official. He, exactly. He get, takes all the dudes up to, uh, to, the, to the north, gets it from uh, Abinadab's house, and they start uh, a procession, marching it down to Jerusalem. There is dancing. It says they have castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistruments, and cymbals. So it's a fucking fest. This is like uh, Coachella, right? They're going nuts. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we got the Ark of the Covenant. Everything's good. We got God. I'm so happy right now to have the Ark of the Covenant. And again, this is when I bring it up. It's like they're just like pushing this nuclear warhead. They're fucking dancing. I'm like, we're going to finally beat the bandits. <laughs> it's like, I'm, oh, I'm oh be careful. Be careful with that. <laughs> I'm picturing the scene when like uh, all the, the knights are going – uh, playing the music in uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the, the barge and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's going through the woods, carrying the ark. It's a great time, yeah. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, they're just dancing and playing music. They love that shit. At least it's a great time for now. Because, <laughs> lo and behold, they get to a place called the Threshing Floor of Nacon, like I guess. You. And a man named Uzzah reaches out to touch the ark because the oxen stumbled. So the ark is about to fall on the ground, the right. God, God's house. And so Uzzah, being what I imagine is a good dude, puts yeah. out a hand to stop the ark from falling. And of course, because God is a bastard, Uzzah, <laughs> God gets pissed off at Uzzah and strikes him dead instantly on the spot. Boom. Yeah. Corpse. I don't like to be touched. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is fine, but don't kill people. Oh, you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I wish I could kill people that touched me. Um, I know you do. I, I guess my point is, and, and it brings up a big point, and this is why I was uh, reading all that kind of like uh, 
other website is because a lot of people have a lot to talk about this scene um, because it kind of highlights, I guess, a unique point uh, from the Jewish and maybe Christian faith is that. So, yeah, Uzzah is moving the Ark of the Covenant or is with a team moving the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark is on a cart. The cart is being pulled by oxen. One of the oxen stumbles. It shakes the cart. It was like, oh, fuck, God, you don't want to fall down, right? Puts his hand out, gets fucking smoked. Yeah. So the reason why we point this is this is a classic example of a guy who, in his mind, is doing everything God wants. You know, as far as he can, as far as Ooze is concerned, he's like, ooh, I bet God doesn't want to fucking smash the Ark of the Covenant into the ground like an asshole. <laughs> That's where you're wrong, sir. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my, what my Bible says is Uzzah is an example of the insufficiency of sincerity of purpose, uh, which is to say that Uzzah is a prime example of what happens where, yeah, I have the best intentions, but because I don't follow the letter of God's law, I deserve to die. Well, you know the saying, the Christian saying, right? Mm. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm. I, I, it comes I, from things like this, I would imagine. I guess like, um, it makes me think of this uh, one gay person I met, this lesbian who uh, was Christian. And I remember uh, she was like, oh, yeah, well, we got to defend uh, – she was really angry. I, I know we've talked about it before, but she was really angry because there was a big-ass cross on a water tower in her old fucking hometown. Nice. And the ACLU was like, hey, you got to take that cross down. She's like, this is bullshit. We're a Christian nation. Blah, blah. I was like, well, <laughs> the people you're def- – you're gay, though. But you're fucking gay. Like, the people you're defending want you dead. And I was like, what do you think is going to happen when you die? And she's like, I just hope that God sees my heart and knows that I was a good person. I'm like, I am positive Ooh. it doesn't work that way. And Uza is a prime example of you can think – you're like, oh, I'm a good person. I know what I'm doing. God don't fucking give a shit. God cares about it. It's too bad you hadn't read this Bible. I would have fucking. At that point. Oh, she would have been just I'm like, fucking Uza, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then you could get fired. Yeah. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. Um, okay but anyway. So Uza. <laughs> so Uza. Uh, um, yeah. This is the funny part also that I want to point out. It says that the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Uh, and that's why God struck him down. Now, if Uzzah touching the ark to save it is irreverent, I have to wonder what's in store for us. <laughs> um, it can't just be death. It's got to be worse. It's got to be worse. Um, it's got to be pineapple rape. But um, so. That- yeah, I said worse, not awesome. <laughs> Um, so, uh, let, let's go back to the rules of the Ark, just as a recap, so we all understand the whole fucking deal. Uh, sure, sure, in sure. Exodus 25, 13 through 14, that's where they talk about the Ark. The Ark, as we recall, is supposed to be transported by the sons of Kohath. Uh, yep. You have to put two wooden poles covered in gold through the rings and carry it that way. So, you're not actually ever supposed to touch the Ark. And yeah. the Ark is supposed to be carried by guys. Um, and, yeah, and we also went more in depth on like how they work their shifts or whatever, but you're not supposed to take the Ark by a fucking cart. You're not supposed to touch the fucking Ark. The Ark has to be carried by the sons of Kohath using poles, kind of like, uh, like hot pads, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now let's keep going because we're, this is going to be a very long episode if we don't keep moving. <laughs> not fucking. So this is what's interesting. Uh, Uzzah dies, right? David is sort of overseeing this procession and it says that David was angry at the Lord's wrath. Um, this is interesting. That's a first, I think. I feel it's like uh, a record scratch. Like, they're all dancing, they're playing, the music's playing, they just see, like, Uza explode. They're like, oh, right. Yeah. This thing's dangerous. The fuck's going on? 
So they named the place uh, Perez Uza, which means uh, roughly outbreak against Uza. So it's kind of like a they're saying, oh, yeah, they marked the place. Here's where God, you know, broke out and killed our boy. Um, I think that this is interesting because it shows a little crack in in David's like pro God armor uh, that he's able to be like, wait a second, that was fucked up, dude. <laughs> Um, I, I feel like, to me, it feels like David has been running around from father figure to father figure. You know, he was hanging underneath Saul. He goes to fucking uh, the Philistines. He's hanging underneath that king, you know, yeah. and he's just been looking and looking, looking for a father figure. And then finally he finds his bio dad. Like, here's the real, <laughs> here's God. Hey, dad, I finally found you. I'm, we're going to uh, be a family together. And he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> help me into the car, boy. <laughs> <laughs> And then now he's like, oh, oh I wonder if there is a reason I've been kept away from you. Mm, this this thing might be dangerous. It's all adding up. Um, so David isn't just mad, though. He's also afraid of the Lord. And he says, wait, wait, wait. How, how can the ark come to me? Like, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. So he sees the power of this thing now, right? He's Right. He's never interacted with it much, at least. We know that because it's never been mentioned since David's been in the story. Um, so it's probably mostly a thing of like lore to him or, you know, you would, you would know it the way that like, we know what a cross is, right? Oh, okay. It's a big deal. But, uh, wait a minute. Now he's actually seen it in action. It just killed one of his buddies and he's like, wait, I'm fucking taking this thing to my house. And so (laughs) this is where we see what a little fucking coward he is. (laughs) So David decides he doesn't want it to be in the city of David anymore. So instead, he takes it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. I have no idea what a Gittite is, but it's hilarious sounding. Um, And they leave it in the house of Obed for three months. So David basically has it there. And it's like, tell you what, we'll take it a little closer to the city of David. To I I don't think they would have called it the city of David yet. We'll call it Jerusalem. A little closer to Jerusalem. But you know what? I don't really want this fucking mystical item that can kill man uh, at touch in my house. Let's keep it at this dude's house, random guy. Uh, good luck, buddy. Yeah, I feel like it's like uh, just keeping with more analogies. Um, Please, I feel it's like I feel like it's like they're like, hey, we got this fucking Siberian tiger, and everyone's like, it's so cute, and it's like, look at him, it's like it's like a kitten, and then finally it just mauls a guy. And you're like, oh right, this thing's a tiger. Uh, who do we know who's got a cage? <laughs> like, <laughs> so they just take it to this random guy, like, hey, man, like, I would imagine I'm Obed. Like, uh, first of all, imagine um, Abinadad's, like, relief when David's like, hey, man, can we have the ark back? And he's like, thank God. All right. Like, please just get this thing away from me. Uh, it, it's like right in the kitchen. You, you bump into it. You're dead. But and then they just randomly show up at some other guy's house. He opens his door. Hey, it's me, David, king of fucking Israel. Yeah. Hey, do you mind taking the ark of the covenant from us? It just killed a guy 10 minutes ago, but. You seem cool. <laughs> yeah, I just imagine that, that the king is so afraid of this thing that he wants uh, to store it in my house. What luck. But in a hilarious uh, reversal of fortunes, um, three months later, David gets word from someone who says, hey, dude, have you noticed Obed? Obed, uh, what's his name? Obed Edom has been having like the best life ever, ever since you <laughs> dropped off the ark. Like it's bringing him blessings and he's just the shit now. Everyone loves him. And David's like, well, fuck, I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I didn't he's know he so, did that. 
He's such an asshole, dude. Yeah. He's such an asshole. I'm getting like he, Squidward vibes. You know, he's yeah, like, he yeah, pawns it off on the guy because he's afraid of it. And the moment that he sees some use from it, he's like, no, 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 no. Give me that. Give me that. It's mine again. It's like if, uh, Indian it's Giver. like if you couldn't figure out how to turn a Game Boy on, you're a little kid, you can't get your Game Boy to work, so you throw it on the ground and your cousin picks it up and starts playing with it. You're like, hey, fucker, give me that. <laughs> <laughs> That was technically mine first. You're like, did you <laughs> yeah. give this to me? You're an like, asshole. Yeah, well, I don't know it worked. So sure enough, David sends down uh, a team to recover it again, right? The extraction team. <laughs> <laughs> um, this time, he's wearing a linen ephod. They are sacrificing a bull as soon as they get it out of Obed's door. He's dancing with all his might. He's going fucking nuts. He probably looks like a goddamn lunatic. Uh, yes. Yeah. He goes and he picks it up. They murder some. They, they do a sacrifice once they grab the Ark. And then when they get back to the city, they do another sacrifice. They put it in a tabernacle that he's built. And David is just dancing like a fucking jackass. I don't know how else to describe it. Like he's just, they, they use the word whirling and twirling, you know, like a. Yeah, it's uh, it's got to be quite a scene. And Again, I, I'm getting Coachella vibes. I, he's he's high as fuck. Not only is he high as fuck, but he's probably naked. We'll we'll, we'll get to they they, they kind of make a reference yeah, to it that essentially that. David is just dancing like a fucking madman, and it's just like yeah, I've got the arc now, and he's just ripping his clothes off and just doing high fucking kicks and shit for all yeah, the ladies. Parkour probably. Yeah, a parkour. <laughs> yeah, you know whatever. Um, and Michael. Uh, Saul's daughter, who, as we recall, was stolen from her husband of 10 years just recently. Uh, well, stolen from David and then stolen back. But whatever, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I don't think you could say she was stolen from David. David fucking ditched her. her ass. Yeah. Yeah. But just again, just because I put the Game Boy down doesn't mean. Put it. <laughs> Listen, I threw a mattress on the side of the highway. I drove off. Someone else picked it up. And then 10 years later, I'm like, where's my fucking mattress? You go into their house and take it out. Hey, hey, wake up. <laughs> That's my fucking mattress. Like, I, you left it on a dump ten years ago. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's yours though. I, I was waiting. To I didn't. Come back I didn't divorce that mattress. That's mine still. Um, <laughs> but Michael sees uh, David, the man who uh, basically usurped her father's throne, uh, yep. separated her from her loving husband of ten years, yep. and is now in charge and is just dancing like a fucking retard in the middle of the street. And I'm assuming her husband is still around too. Oh, you know, that sucks. Right. Yeah, he's just, just w- watching the king dick down your girl every day. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we'll get rough. to that. But um, yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like Israel at this time is sort of akin to like a post-apocalyptic state. Um, okay. And the, sure, because the, it's been ravaged by war for decades. Well, and the apocalypse was judges. Like that period of time was the sure. break from like Moses and Joshua, and this is the order and the land we've created and the rules and the city of the Levites and blah blah blah, whatever. It was like it was like the Wild West of the Bible. Sort yeah, of. and then you had judges, and now everything's fucking busted. And Saul represented this like I don't know uprising of humanity to try to rein civilization back in. And now he's dead, and now Dave's in charge, and it's back to a fucking war cult, baby. <laughs> let's, Hell yeah. Let's get some cult shit up in here. And Mikhail sees this, because I'm not going to call her Michael, because it's clearly not quite Michael. Mikhail, his first wife, and then most recent wife as well, is looking down from her tower, or wherever the fuck they live, and sees David acting a fool, and it says that she despised him in her heart. <laughs> <laughs> she just, she Which just, is awesome. I imagine her just peering through the blinds, like, "What is that fucking asshole doing?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
The honeymoon's over. Let's just say yeah. that. <laughs> so they bring the Ark of the Lord into a tent that they had pitched for it, um, which was tabernacle. Yeah. yeah, it had always been a tent, tabernacle, whatever. David sacrifices burnt offerings and has a fellowship offering before the Lord. Um, they just basically shit. are. And then he, he does something interesting here. Uh, it says that he takes uh, bread and uh, dates, uh, date cakes and raisin cakes and starts giving the shit out to all the people in the crowd, all the Israelites, men and women, which to me is very bread and circuses, right? Like, let's look back at like Roman times. Mm. And that was the way of appeasing people. You gave them a show. And you give them food, and they'll never revolt. Sounds like so, some commie bullshit to me, but yeah. No, but anyways, <laughs> it sounds like some authoritarian. And the point is, David just performed a revolution, right? Took right. over, uh, regime change. And we've seen all this stuff where he totally wasn't killing his, uh, <laughs> yeah. his like... Uh, he totally I wasn't cooing those boys, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All the people that, that could have challenged him that are just dropping like flies, but totally not David's fault. And then suddenly he's giving the people cakes and breads totally just because he's nice, not because, hey, please don't revolt against me. It, so it, it's clearly it's clearly like, I mean, you'd see this shit today even. Um, if you're going to, you got to win the people over, right? To, to maintain power. Yeah, he, he gets the Ark of the Covenant. He's dancing, leaping, and whirling. Like, yeah, I love God the most. Everyone knows I'm the best God boy. I'm establishing a theocracy, and no one loves God more than me. And hey, do you guys want some snacks and some candy? Like, yeah, this guy's. It, it, it's sort of him, like, I guess, yeah, cementing <laughs> his authority and also appeasing the masses. He's, he's doing the Mayor Pete dance. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, it's because it's all people of all abilities are able to do it. It's a great dance. Great. Okay. So <laughs> David gets in. Um, he gives all the people food, gets into his house. And uh, I love this part. Goes to see Saul's daughter, Michal, his wife. Um, I, uh, I love this. This is this is the yeah, first instance of uh, Jew sarcasm that I've seen. <laughs> but basically david comes back home he's he, he must feel great about himself he's like you see me dancing right there everyone was loving it. i look so fucking hot back there and by the way i got the ark of the covenant i'm like super king now and uh michael sees david and goes oh yeah how glorious was the king of israel today uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself so yeah david my feels, bible says half naked yeah. but yeah David David walks in feeling great. Hey, ladies, time to bless my family. And she's like, oh, yeah, what a fucking king. I saw you out there. So great. Dancing around naked like a fucking hobo. What a fucking honor. You're making the kingship look real good. Not like my dad used to. You do it way better than my dad did. He never now, danced around thing. naked. Here's the funny thing. She doesn't even actually mention her dad. Yeah. Right. She's just saying, well, this is it's important because she's just saying, hey, David, you're acting like an idiot. Like, come on. I. You're all naked in front of the slave girls. They're going to start to get horny and stuff. And so, because um, we know he's a handsome, like, what are you fit, doing this for? Dude, yeah, yeah, right. He's what, hot as fuck. Yeah, what's this and all so about? she's she's understandably jealous that he's just out there fucking hanging dong in front of all the other girls. <laughs> like you do. And uh, David flying the flesh to, flag. <laughs> yeah. David decides to air quotes take it there. When instead of addressing her complaint that he's being an ass, yeah. he just goes, hey, look, bitch, uh, God made me king, not your stupid dad. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is zero to 100. 
It is. He doesn't address her complaints. He he totally just does a man, right? And it's like, yeah, uh, so just so you know, God chose me rather than your father and anyone from his house, right? Not your stupid brothers. And appointed me a ruler over Israel. So I'm going to celebrate however I damn well please. What an asshole. Yeah, he, he's like, if I want to play music and dance for God, I fucking will. And guess what? You get to fucking watch. And here's the here's the kicker. And everyone's going to fucking love it, bitch. You know, like just- yeah, remember when your brothers and father were just massacred by the Philistines? And now I'm going to make little jabs at you for it? Yeah. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. Oh, you don't like my dancing? How do you like your decapitated father, you dumb bitch? <laughs> he is, no. David has finally shown the side that I, again... I hate to make more comparisons to Mayor Pete. <laughs> <laughs> as right, soon great. as he gets the power, it's, you know. Yeah, you know what he's going to do with it. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so David's like, fuck you, bitch. You don't tell me what to do. And as one final dab on her, and he's like, by the way, you'll have no more kids. Yeah, nice. And by the way, that came true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, uh, yeah, it's a real, it's a real venomous, vicious shithole fucking move from a guy who doesn't even like Michael, Michelle, whatever the fuck. Um, and I, I want us to talk about her because essentially, uh, Macau, whatever the fuck you want to call her. But how do you pronounce that name? How are you doing it? I said, I like Mikal. Mikal. Uh, Mikal. Mikal. Um, Mikal was stolen from her husband to be given to David as part of this whole coup. Correct. And my Bible says that it's an instance of sort of political maneuverings by David to sort of secure an alliance with the North. That he's like, by the way, I'm married to Mikal. But and then after all this bullshit, he's like, and I'm not even going to give you a kid. She is just a trophy to him. She is just yeah, a political pawn. theater. Yeah. Yeah. Took her out of a loving marriage so that he could leave her to be barren as a fucking trophy to maintain the North, you know? Yeah. Basically chastin. Very Robert Baratheon okay, type. <laughs> it's very I'm done. I'm done. It's a very Robert Baratheon <laughs> fucking thing, you know. It's like all oh, marriage is what keeps this kingdom apart. She's like, You never loved me. He's like, and I never will. <laughs> it's disgusting and sad and totally expected. But uh so that, that is the end of chapter six. Okay. Another thing I want to touch on real quick about it is uh, if you're wondering why it's such a big deal that they would take the Ark in to Jerusalem, it's pretty obvious for one that, you know, the seat of power should also be the seat of like God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Kugel talks about how um, it's a little bit more than just ceremony or a little bit more than just uh, symbolism. Uh, temple cities would normally be, what you would consider a real ass city back in the Middle East, way back in the day. So mm. not just in Israel. Um, this is pretty common amongst a lot of their neighbors that a city's not legit. It ain't on the map until it's got a real temple that their God is worshiped there. So this kind of gives legitimacy to David's uh, kingship. Mm. That he's not so, just fun a, fact. He's, he's not just a, a a child holding court down in Judah. He's like, yeah. I'm the king of it. Like, what is he doing over there? Yeah, yeah. You got to have a temple or you're a fuck boy. Which comes into play in the very next chapter. I mean, a real gangster. Um, yes. So uh, l- l- just just to recap, because this is a fucking metal chapter. So David goes and is like, let's get the Ark of the Covenant. Some hijinks happened. And then he's like, and by the way, Michael, I fucking hate you. And that's chapter six. That's sort of the whole. <laughs> and that's the, yeah. And I don't, I don't even know if we talk about her again. It kind of, yeah. I wonder if she pops um, up. But it's a, it's a good time. So Second uh, Samuel 7. Which is, I'm going to warn you guys now, spoiler alert, uh, chapter seven is just a circle jerk. 
yeah. um, nothing happens. But let's go ahead and do well, it. Well, it's anyway. kind of a it's kind of a funny. I I, I don't want to spend too too much time talking about Shadow because it's pretty straightforward. But yeah, uh, I hate it. I'm ba- just saying. Basically, it states that. Um, God is sort of blessing David and they've got peace in Israel and that David is sort of being spared the torment of his enemies like Saul never had, which is kind of fucked up. Because, again, Saul really wasn't bad to anybody. It just was, no. you know, great guy. Oh, God, you could just turn off the Philistines. You could just turn off the flow of, of war. You just. Oh, yeah, but I didn't like Saul. So I thought, fuck it. Again, enjoy your free will, Christians. <laughs> God's totally giving you and, free will. Uh, David is hanging out with uh, Nathaniel. Nathan? I guess Nathan. Nathan. Yeah. Na- yeah, the hot dog guy. Nathan, who is, I guess, a descendant of... He's just a guy, right? He's not a de- He's not important or anything, right? I mean, he's a priest, I think. Yeah, but, he's just or a he's prophet, a prophet, rather. Yeah. yeah. A So he just happens to be hanging out with this guy named Nathan, who's a prophet for God, and goes, man, you know, I've noticed... What's up, bro? I just noticed that my house is so fucking nice and is, like, made of cedar, and it's really cool. And God lives in a fucking tent. Isn't that kind of interesting? Nathan's like, yes. And that's about – that's, like, just this random conversation that they just have. Yeah. Um, it is uh, very non-sequiturial, right? It's It seems kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, it just, just um, this random conversation. So – David notices something. David noticed that he lives in the big house and he starts to feel maybe a little embarrassed. Like, oh, I have a big, pretty palace. Shouldn't my God, if he's if he's the real ass God, you know, he should uh, look like it. Right. We got to we got to spruce him up a little bit, if you will. Here, I have a house and that over there is just a tarp over the woodshed. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So he goes to Nathan. He's like, hey, you know, I got the big place. Why is God just in a tent? The answer is simple because God told them to build him a tent. It's a very elaborate tent, if you remember back in, I think, Numbers. Yeah, it's like, it's, there, uh, there's like several chapters on how to build this fucking tent. Exactly. Yeah, it has very precise measurements and very elaborate and beautiful and types of linen uh, and cedar okay. and, and you're, metal. You're, you're, you're applying a lot of insight I didn't really consider. But I'm just saying, it's a fancy-ass tent. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll come back to it. But yeah, David's like, hey, I noticed that God lives in a fucking tent and I have a house of cedar. And Nathan's like, yeah. that is interesting. And then Nathan goes to bed and, like, never happens. He has a dream about the thing he was talking about all day. Well, it's look, before you get into the dream, uh, it's really funny, They're, the conversation they have, where David goes to Nathan and he says, like, you know, I've been thinking, uh, I have a big house. Why doesn't God? And Nathan responds, and I'm going to read verbatim. Nathan says, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it. The Lord's with you. Like, this, dude, this dude wanted to, like, poop or something. Like, he, he had something to do. Like, I'm imagining David just musing. He's just twirling his beard. Be like, do you ever wonder that God wants a, a cedar house like I do? And Nathan's like, I don't know, man. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I got to go. Yeah. Uh, it is hilariously dismissive. But – Nathan thought he was going to get away with not having to talk about it. I guess he doesn't really give a shit or whatever <laughs> until he goes to sleep. And sure enough, pesky old God comes onto the scene and talks to him like he's Ebenezer Scrooge or something. This part's really this part's really boring. But basically, God comes to him and really talks up David, strangely. So he says to Nathan, go tell David this, which is weird because God could have just fucking told David this. Yeah, I thought, but, I thought God talks to David, but suddenly there's yeah. this new prophet that has to yeah. interpret for him. It's all bullshit. Yeah. So God tells him, all right, hey, you know, David, it's funny. You know, no one has ever thought about building me a house. That's a really cool idea. And you know what? <laughs> uh, 
yeah, tell you what, you used to just be a shepherd and now you're a great man and you're killing all your enemies and you're the greatest person ever, ever, ever. You're the greatest person ever. And uh, totally, I'm going to make you the king over Israel for all time. Hooray. For the rest of eternity, you and your line will be the kings of Israel, uh, which asterisk is actually going to be about four centuries, but we'll give it to him. <laughs> That's pretty close to eternity. Yeah, I'm sure Netanyahu's in the fucking... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, according to um, Kugel, it was 400 years right. of David's lineage. Don't worry, uh, for so, all time. Yeah, well, that's what I meant. 400 years basically is eternity if you're an ant. Yeah. Uh, I So basically he's like, yeah, man, D- David's so fucking great. And I mean, I, to me, it felt like a kind of a passive aggressive flex. He's like, yeah. it's like, it's like when your grandma's like, oh, I really wish I could come out of this nursing home and live with you guys. You know, I mean, <laughs> it's fine. I don't mind where I live. You know, I just think about, you know, I just sometimes I'm alone. And I think about how I raised you and like paid for your school and like fed you. I just think about that sometimes. It's no big deal. You, you know, I kept you alive. It's no big deal. Just your grandmother. Just living yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, um, very pathetic guy. <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. It's okay. Don't worry about your grandma. Um, so basically, Nathan's like, "Hey, David, you remember that thing we were talking about? Where like we want a house, and uh, yeah, uh, God wants one." David's like, "All right, cool, cool, cool. I'll build um, you a house." Uh, a quick, quick Google point here: scholars have had trouble placing when this was written, but the assumption is much, 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 much later than David was around. Uh, they're kind of all over the place on their guesses. Also, most likely, add. Uh, the, one of the verses, uh, chapter 7, verse 13, talks about a temple being built, which is a reference to something that Solomon is going to do later. So that's kind of funny. Uh, take it how you will. Well, he says, Anyways. when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. So he's kind of like, hey, you're going to have a kid. That kid's going to build me a fucking temple. Yeah, yeah. So fun times, fun times. I do like one verse here. Um, he's like, he's like, and your seed will be like my son, and I shall be his father. And when he fucks up, I will beat him, but I will not fuck him up the way I did Saul. Like, it's such a fun little, oh, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you'll take care of him? Oh, I will hurt him. I will hurt him. <laughs> but I won't really kill him. You know, like, oh, all right. Oh, God's in control. He's got this. <laughs> I've never rested better. So that goes on for a while. David... Uh, gets all this praise from God. Nathan wakes up, goes and tells David the whole thing. And now David decides to have a prayer, to, like a response, right? Okay. So the re- second, that's the first half of the chapter. The second half of the chapter is just David praying to God, saying, yo, I'm totally not worthy. What can I say? You're great. You're so sovereign. No one's like you. You're so awesome. Um, remember when you saved us from Egypt? I remember. It was awesome. Um <laughs> By the way, God, you better keep your fucking promise forever concerning your servant. He kind of ends on this weird tone where he's like, <laughs> hey, f- hey, for real, though, make me reign forever. Um, so it gets a little bit uh, megaloma- megalomaniacal there at the end. Um, but, yeah, it's it's cute. Other words, I, 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 I feel like know. I feel like we keep kind of touching on a tone. And I wonder. So so David's a fucking asshole, right? Dude, yeah, he's a psychopath. He's a fucking maniac. Uh, it, it, it seems more and more like this is all just bullshit that he's propping up. Kind of in some Stalinistic, like, hey, guys, I'm ordained and I'm doing all these things to sort of bring power to me. But just in case you're wondering, everything that happens to me is just mystical, magical shit that happened without me even wanting it, bro, you know? Yeah. Let's be pragmatic. 
he needs to be a psychopath if he's going to lead at this time period. A bunch right? of psychopaths, yeah. You can't you can't just be like a cool guy. Like maybe Samuel was a cool guy. I think you know? Saul was cool. I don't think Saul was Saul was bullshit. a cool guy. Yeah, Saul didn't and it was thrust on him. Bullshit. Uh, now, David staged a coup, killed all of his adversaries, uh, is rewriting history, clearly, um, and is, with the help of people after him. But, yeah, he's he's crazy. Um, and, he's an asshole. And it seems like here's a specific instance where God has several chapters about what you do with the Ark of the Covenant. And then David has this story about how one guy woke up from a dream once. He's like, hey, by the way, God wants a house. And David's like, well, if that's what God wants. And by the way, God wants a house. And in return, you're king from all time. He's like, that's all I got to do? Build this fucking <laughs> stupid house? Cedar house? Okay. All right. In case everyone's want- like, hey, David, why are you building that house? Oh, because God said I'm going to be king for all time. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Those two things yeah. are obviously interchangeably linked. Yeah, so that's basically uh, the the setup between the two. They have an agreement, you know. Um, God's going to take care of David. David's going to take care of God. Uh, all this happened behind the scenes, of course. You just got to trust David that this went down. Yeah, my friend heard uh, from a friend that some God guy wants named to fight. Nathan just showed up. <laughs> totally not, totally not, not a hobo that David dressed up to, as just a prophet. Paid twenty bucks to come in. It's like it's like when the cops need a fucking witness for their fucking serial killer. Like you, you saw the guy. He's like, yeah, I saw him. He was six feet tall and he had fangs. They're like, shut up, All right, just calm down. I know. You said he was black, right? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Uh, okay. That's chapter seven. Chapter eight, it is. Yep. Um. So David now has established sort of his deal with God, which I'm assuming also got passed on. So everyone knows, right, that David's got a a, a sweet setup with with the Lord Himself. We've seen the house, yeah. Yeah. Now let's go back to murder, please. Yeah. Right? Is that you guys we, want murder? We, we, don't we've you? established that God is like David. You're going to be king forever. Because you're such yeah. a good boy. Now let's establish what makes David such a great king. Why he's the best king. Killing. Turns out it's killing. Yeah. So it says that in the course of time, David defeated the Philistines and subdued them. Um, he took back a town called Methegamah from the Philistines. He also defeated the Moabites. Here's what he did to the Moabites. This is fun. This is going to make the Khmer Rouge sound pretty tame. Because right? <laughs> um, they only killed a quarter. Of the population of Cambodia, this dude's about to go ham. Right. He takes he takes the Moabite people and lays them down on the ground, and then takes a length of cord, and he would lay it the cord alongside these men, and he would do two lengths of cord, and however many men that was distance wise, he would kill all of them. Right, and then he would make a third length and let those guys live. As and then slaves. Two, one, two, one. So he's killing exactly two thirds and making the other third slaves. It's effective. It's genocide. It's horrifying. I always knew Thanos was a pussy. Like, yeah, <laughs> he only did half. He only yeah. did half. You gotta do you gotta do sixty-six point six six repeating, bitch. Of course. Um yeah, so David is a full on genocidal warlord maniac king who usurped a throne. Uh keep track. He's doing some good old decimation, he's killing people, enslaving the rest. He loves it. He's great at it. He yeah, he's enforcing tribute on everyone around him, right? So all these people he conquers. There's an asterisk. They're all. He's also not only conquering them and killing most of them, and you know, taking their women, etc. Mm-hmm. He's also making them uh, basically uh, uh, vassal states, yeah. where they're sending him tribute, 
they're d- deferent to Israel. He takes over an area. He kills enough men so they're not really a threat. And then whoever's left, he's like, hey, I left you weak enough that you can live to be my servants, but you'll never fight back, I don't think. Yeah, right? where they're not strong enough to, to, to fight and back. And that's a general you. theme because uh, he'll, he'll take over – he takes over Zoba – um, yeah. And takes a bunch of their horses and chariots, and whatever he can't take, he hamstrings. So whatever horses exactly. he can't use, he just fucks them up and cripples them. Yeah, and that's not an exaggeration. The Bible literally says he hamstrings them. It's a real Saddam um, move. Yeah. So he's killed tens of thousands of men. He's cut the hamstrings of horses instead of killing them. Right? You yeah. could have at least ate them or something. I don't know. No, leaving them as hey, what, why is this nation filled with cripple horses? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Pretty funny. What can you do? Is a cripple horse good for anything? Uh, it's good for a laugh. I guess. <laughs> the kids can hit him with sticks. Yeah. Um, okay. So he next uh, goes – he strikes down uh, the Aramaeans of Damascus. Um, Fucks up some Syrians. Whenever, yeah. Kills – just killing people everywhere. Um, what else? And That's about it. I mean basically he just uh, – to Samuel 8. Second Samuel 8, is just recounting David's conquest, enumerates all the people he kills and enslaves. But the general gist is, hey, David is going out, fucking up all these people, and bringing the booty back to Jerusalem and enslaving all the survivors. A really good messenger of God, this guy. Yeah. Now, one of the standouts is that um, a man named Tu, T-O-U, the king of Hamath, hears what David's doing and hears that he, in fact, defeated one of... Hamath's greatest enemies. So he sends his son, Joram, to David uh, with a bunch of, like, uh, bronze and silver and gold. And basically he's saying, hey, before you come fuck me up, here's a bunch of our shit. We'll pay you. Yeah, here's some uh, bribes. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're under you now, too. Here's, your, here's our tribute. And so basically David's like, sweet. Okay. So he takes some stuff. He um, dedicates all the articles to the Lord, the silver, the gold, from all these nations that he's subdued. So this is David peaking as a as a warrior king right here. Yeah, and I mean, we all know God obviously would be okay with that. God's never there's never been an instance where God was like, "Hey, make sure you kill all these people in your territories and don't accept a bribe." That's never happened in the Bible. We know that for a fact. No, you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> uh, at one point, a bunch of these people that he's striking down rise up and try to try to stop him. Bad move. Says he killed he killed eighteen thousand Edomites in the Valley of Salt which predictably is just south of the Dead Sea, huh. this very salty sea in Israel. Um, so you can kind of picture where that's at, I guess, on the on the far east side of Israel. Um, and he ends up taking land, it says, all the way back to uh, the Euphrates River, so in Iraq, right? Huh. So this is like also peak size Israel. Um, they're taking all the like what a lot of crazy people will call like the land that Israel still mm. should have. Because there are a lot of fucking crazy people on Twitter that think that. Sure. Um, well, I mean, uh, my Bible says that this is the largest Israel shall ever be. That this is the yeah. height of Israel's conquest, size, and glory. And David's just fucking up land and just keeps taking, taking, taking in this uh, Jew empire. Yeah. And Zionist Christians on Twitter are still like, we need we need to go take this land back for him now. <laughs> okay. Okay, Let's guys. kick those Kurds out. Whew. Indeed. Um so he puts uh, – it says they also established garrisons throughout Edom, basically, you know, to hold down the rabble, to report back if there's anything going on. It's very Roman, I think. Um, feels Roman. It, it, it definitely is, you know, 
Because normally I think if you take a land like that and there's descendants in it, you just have to kill them all and then try to put your people in there. Yeah. And now he's like, all right, yeah, we don't have enough people to sort of manage this territory. Let's just fuck them up so bad that we're like, okay, now you're the sort of pseudo mayor in charge that Owen's leadership does. It's it's turning into more of a republic. That's sure. For sure. Enough rape and slaughter, too, that like their great, great, great grandkids are going to have PTSD and you don't have to worry about them trying anything, you know? They're going to be – it's kind of it's kind of like what happened to Japan after we dropped the bombs. Right. These Edomites <laughs> are know, now into fucking cat be- girls and shit. <laughs> Great. I, that one's going to get us in trouble. Okay. So um, I think Dave Chappelle already made that joke though. Uh, what, whatever the Edomite David- equivalent of is of a video machine filled with used panties. That's <laughs> – Good, 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 good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So David reigns over all Israel. Uh, and it says, just doing what was just and right for all those people. Granted, you have to be circumcised or you are not going to be able to enjoy these, the fruits of David's uh, justness. Yeah. Um, he And then it describes kind of his administration, like his cabinet. So Joab, the son of Zerari, was over the army. Jeshaphat, son of Achelund, Achelud, was the recorder. Uh, Zadok and um, Ahimelech were priests. Sariah was the secretary. Benaiah was over the Kerithites and the Pelethites, and David's sons were also priests. Interesting so. that Joab still has a position of authority after that whole Abner murder bullshit. Oh, yeah. What a coincidence <laughs> that the guy that killed probably David's biggest rival was scorned, yeah. right? And then suddenly ends up Gets with a cabinet one of the position. cabinet positions. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, no, totally yeah. Oh. Not suspicious. Come on, Oliver North. You're in charge now. At least he put him in charge of the army. Yeah. yeah. This is a very uh, suspicious activity. Yeah. And that's chapter eight. Ba-boom. Uh, when I hit chapter nine, I think we got time. Let's fucking do it. Because it's a nice, it's a, very it's, short, it's a little short It's a very one. short chapter. Yeah. And it's actually kind of sweet, unlike the rest of the shit we just read. Well, so, I mean, there's a, we can always assume some undertones. ulterior motives and undertones yeah. to this. Agreed. So this is agreed. a weird one, yeah. Keep your enemies close, right? Yeah. Okay, chapter nine. So... David basically has now conquered, killed everyone, wiped out all his enemies, uh, has established a firm grip on the entire Levant and then some, and goes to his people, right? His cabinet, I'm guessing. He's like, hey, uh, remember Saul? <laughs> is uh, any of Saul's people still around? Any of his family? Hey, is there any sure Targaryens enough- left? I wonder. If <laughs> just just for kicks. I was curious. Um, and one of uh, Saul's old servants uh, named Zeba says, hey, uh, you know, I'm Ziba. I, I used to work for Saul. And David says, yeah, are, are any of Saul's family around? <laughs> just in case. I'm just, I, I got like a, I got like some old mail for them. Now, Ziba, being a gullible piece of shit and or just wanting to buddy up to David, tells him, hey, actually, yes. Yeah, so one of Jonathan's sons, the cripple, is still alive. And Ziba uh, tells him where the cripple is, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. It's it's a Hebrew from for from the mouth of shame. So nice, yeah, pretty cool name cool for name. your son of you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so they they get Mephibosheth and bring him forth to David, and David basically says, "Hey, man, don't be afraid. I'm going to take care of you." Because let's face it, David did love Jonathan, right? This is Jonathan's son. Allegedly. Um, I'm starting to question David's whole fucking backstory now, but... Yeah, but uh, on paper, this is Jonathan's son, the son of his beloved, right? right. So you got to think this kid Holmes. maybe looks a little bit like Jonathan. Um, 
you look you know, like a young it, it, crippled Jonathan. Like, thanks. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a little, it would be a, like, a little Walt Jr. over here. If you died and I found out you had an Ill- illegitimate kid, I would totally adopt him. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll hold you to it. <laughs> Just to, you can look down at me from heaven. Yeah. Um, okay. So he gets the crippled kid. He's like, hey, buddy, come on in. You're going to sit at my table for the rest of your days. You're going to be like one of my sons. I'm going to take care of you. He grants Mephibosheth all of Saul's old land back, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming was substantial, right? The dude was fucking king. Saul's inheritance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then he appoints Zeba to oversee it all. Basically, he says, Zeba, you come in with all your family and all your servants and basically work for Mephibosheth like you would have for Saul. Yeah, maintain um, Saul's kind of, land and make sure the prophets go to Mephibosheth. Which is hilarious because you really get the vibe – uh, earlier in this book that Saul was wiped out and, and nothing of his lineage was going to continue. But here, sure enough, and not only that, but this fucking crippled kid has a baby. Who knew that was possible? Does he? What, what, what line is yeah. Um, yeah, it says Masibasheth oh, right, had a young yeah. son named Mika and all the members. So it's a son as well. So the lineage is going to be able to continue because women don't count as we have uh-huh. uh, covered ad nauseum. Dahoy. Um and it says Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem, and he always ate at the king's table. And by the way, the last ver- the last line in the chapter, he was lame in both feet. In <laughs> case you forgot, the twelve other times we mentioned it, <laughs> yeah, this fucking cripple retard. Um, Presumably to make David sound good, right? Like, oh, and by the way, hey, we're taking. I mean, care this guy of was no the- threat to me. Come on, he can't even walk. What's he gonna do? <laughs> David's giving a speech and like, oh, I can't walk. Oh, who am I? <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that's his, uh, that's the end of chapter nine. That's as far as we'll get this episode. A lot yeah. to talk about. It, it, it's always interesting after you and I discuss it how my opinion changes. When I first read this through and was taking my notes for for us recording, I did not get the vibe that this was all just bullshit. That it, it, reading it now and thinking about it now, it really seems like David is making all these political machinations that are yeah. extremely sinister and ulterior and yet is trying to like phrase them like, oh, hey, guys, I just happened to steal the daughter of Saul, someone who can yep. create a child to challenge my throne. I just happened to yep. take her from her husband and I'm like, oh, by the way, because you laughed at me, you don't get to have any kids. So that's one way of snipping Saul's line in the bud. You know? Correct. But then, confusingly, saves Mephibosheth and takes care well, of him and he, lets him have a lineage. Because what was the alternative? That David, great David, who likes to fucking dance naked in the street for Saul, killed a cripple? It just seemed like I mean, it's the best way to handle it. I mean, although he did Obviously, kill Obviously, you shepherds. kill him and make it look like an accident. Like how, <laughs> come on. David is capable. That's why this is kind of confusing. David's obviously capable of that. Right. Um, Maybe it's just because it's Jonathan's son. That's why he's the I lone think it's survivor. Jo- I think it's because he was related to Jonathan um, and sees it more as that versus of Saul. And doesn't? And he's a cripple, so he's not really a threat. Yeah. Like, what is he, Evar the Boneless? Yeah. Like, he's not going to do shit. I already uh, killed a horse, son. Now I got to fucking, you know, I'm not worried about a cripple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, again, keep him close, right? He keeps him at his table. So if 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 dude starts to get machinations, right? right. Fucking snuff him out. It's easy. Uh, keep your uh, your friends close, your enemies closer. Yeah, and then kind of again, it started like it's like, hey guys, those people that were like loyalists to Saul, hey, me and Saul's kid, we're like all good now. Look at it, like I'm, right. I'm hanging out with Memphis, but I got his daughter in my bed. Maybe I've got his grandson at my table eating with me. It it, it really. Is creepy. Yeah. Um, 
it, they're, he's using them as tools, clearly, to yeah. maintain control. Just like when he gave all the people cakes, you know? Yeah. Like, clearly, there is a lot of propaganda uh, psyops going on here, you know? That is what it kind of, yeah, I, did, I didn't really get the idea that it was uh, propaganda bullshit. That, you know, it just seemed like a fucking stupid story. But, you know, it, it, now, now reading it, it kind of seems like, well, yeah, if I were king over essentially 12 tribes and I'm just one of them and not even the one that's supposed to be the leader, you know, technically the Levites yeah. are supposed to be the priests. But even then, it doesn't even seem like David gives a shit about the Levites because he's wearing the ephod. He's leading the Ark of the Covenant. He's just taking it on himself. There's very specific uh, sons of Kohath that are in charge of handling the ark. And he's like, no, no, I got it. I'm in the fucking Yeah, no, David's kids are priests, yeah. you know? So, um, well, what, what I think is kind of cool, and this obviously hasn't, isn't something that's just dawning on me now, but you look at this story, right? And I'm, I'm used to, and most people that have read the Bible are used to reading it from a faith perspective, that this isn't, everything in here is a moral, right? Everything in here is, it's funny that the people that are Bible literalists are the ones who take it the most as a fable. You know what I'm saying? Like, that they're supposed to learn lessons from this as opposed to taking it literally as history. And if you're taking it literally as history and considering the fact that it was written by the people that wanted to look good, right? This is written by them. So this isn't a, a neutral party writing right. this. Um, it's pretty clear that these were humans doing human things. And a lot of that stuff was going to be really fucked up and they barely covered it up enough that we can look at it this right now and see pretty transparently that, yeah, okay, he was taking out enemies. He was keeping other enemies close. He was, you know, setting up his line. Um, Political marriages, sure, you know, yeah, that don't give reporting, offspring, you know. Bringing in this rogue ass prophet to be like, yeah, and see, he's said that I'm going to be king for the rest of all time, <laughs> um, which is hilariously untrue you know like just uh, it's so obviously awesome history to read about as long as you don't have to fucking take everything I, I brought in this random prophet who told me that i have to completely do away with the authority of the levites <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool exactly, right man. pretty cool that happened yeah i'm god's favorite now how convenient ah. i love it though it's it actually is really cool um to think about and and to to look at other places and times that are kind of from that same era and seeing a lot of similar themes just glossed over here you know where if you think okay what if this was rome what would this probably be what if they had more objective uh people writing these stories down what would that look like and to try and, and decipher it's just fun uh, yeah it's obviously not i'm not i'm not like academically rigorous or anything, but it's a cool thing to think. Yeah, that's about. just our vibe. I my my interpretation is more of like a Stalin Trotsky Saul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you I know, can see like that. like Saul's like, hey, I'm just trying to keep the nation together, and then here's this one up fucking punk coming out of nowhere. It's like, by the way, I'm going to uh, create a new kingdom from your kingdom in blood and erase <laughs> your legacy and kill everyone that knew you. And Saul's like, cool, that'll be great. By the way, God hated you always. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. That's why I won, because God hates you. <laughs> Pretty cool. Hey, the proof's in the pudding, right? Yep. 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 Well, folks, if you don't already, follow us on Twitter, at Revelations. We got banned the other day, but we're back already. Yeah. It was a short ban. Well. Come on. It wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> We're back on Twitter. I'm glad. I'm glad you, we got banned for a tweet we both signed off on. I'm like, yeah, let's yeah, let's at least some children. Was... That's fine. <laughs>
And if you want to send us an email, go ahead and do that. It's going to be a revelations podcast at gmail.com. Tell you what, folks. No, nothing. I had a dead end. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. No, you got it, I think.